And now the Exit Coach Radio Show proudly presents the All-Star Review, a compilation of one-minute highlights from past guests. Hear more one-minute highlights and full interviews from these guests at ExitCoachRadio.com. Why is it so important to have a strong backup plan when you're doing your exit planning? We reached out to exit planning expert Jim Brubaker for his thoughts. People all have an idea of how they want to leave their business. They haven't thought of it maybe in detail, but at least they have some idea like I'll sell it or I'll, the kids will buy it or whatever it may be. But often, whatever their initial plan was does not work, especially the sell to an outsider. Being on the markets, that may just not happen or may not happen to receive enough money or maybe they sell it in the sales sales later. The people run it in the ground. So we like to have what we call a parallel path to exit to work with business owners. Uh, they may not both work, but at least we don't start all over again or they end up failing for their retirement if the one plan doesn't work. We all know that social media has become a very important part of our lives and it's here to stay. What's the difference between the old direct mail campaign and a social media campaign? Here's expert Jonathan Boring. The marketing platform has changed so much in the past 10 years where you could spend $20,000 on a direct mail campaign, send it out and see the phone ring immediately and be done with it. Uh, here it's, it's daily, almost sometimes hourly maintenance and watching and having your alerts and, and interacting. I also find that it can be a tool for improving your product. We've actually run a couple mystery shopper programs for, for businesses that were getting trashed on Yelp and we've taken their stars from two stars up to five stars within six months just by finding some key details that they weren't doing. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's very powerful. So you can use it as a tool to improve your business. That's where you listen to your customers. We wanted to get a CPA's perspective on what business buyers expect from a seller. Here's a few tips from Bradford Hall. Most of your buyers want clean books and records. They, they want to be able to go in and, and a turnkey operation and not have skeletons in the closet. They really want all the, the books and records reflecting what is the true income of the business. And that comes with having annual financial statements prepared by your CPA firm. We just recently picked up a $45 million a year company, and their CPAs never prepared financial statements for them. And the owner is almost 80 years old and approached us, indicating that he'd like to be able to sell his company. And unfortunately, we're saying to him that you have no financial statements whatsoever on the company, just, just tax returns. We asked marketing strategist Hema Day for some key ideas and strategies for business owners to think about when developing their marketing plan. Marketing is a, like a war game, so you really need to understand the landscape of the people that you want to sell to and who your competitors are. We always produce a functional marketing plan, another thesis which is three months worth of work, but something that you can actually go out and say, right, roughly, this is your target market, Here's your, here, are, here are your threats, your competitors and what you're up against, and really measure what those gaps are to make sure that the sales model, and I know a lot of people see the word sales as a big taboo word, mm -hmm. but a business cannot survive without sales and if you apply that right across even the professional service sector if people can actually put a sales organization within their business then I think they've got it right 
you're a professional, what are some of the extra risks you face if you're arrested? Here's Miranda McCroskey. So you're a dentist or a chiropractor, podiatrist, whatever. You're at happy hour, you're at a business mixer, etc. And you go out in your car and you drive home and a cop stops you and now there's an allegation that you had too much to drink. You're going to have a criminal case, which is going to be scary enough, just in the justice system. But now the board that manages your license, so the board of chiropractic, the podiatry board, etc., they are going to consider whether or not they're going to discipline your license. So you're going to get notified once the conviction hits, you're obligated, not every licensee, that there are distinctions, but some of them are obligated to self-report the criminal conviction. So then there's, once that happens, the board starts asking questions and you need representation there. At ExitCoachRadio.com, we're interviewing over 100 top advisors to get you one-minute tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new content daily at 6 a.m. and 1 p.m. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. How do most small businesses staff up for HR issues? Here's expert Adrienne Adams-Lee. They typically have a person who wears many hats, and that person might be a APAR coordinator, office manager, mm-hmm. even president of the company, who's also trying to do recruiting and employment and payroll. So there's usually not a dedicated person, which is very challenging because every day you're dealing with some aspect of employment law, wage and hour law, etc. Yeah, the people issues are always emotional complicated in a business. <laughs> a company this morning that called me had a wage claim. I mean, this is a real story and things that happen to small employers who owed an employee 87 cents because they didn't pay weighted average overtime on a bonus. And he is now $150,000 into this claim. Valuing your business is a topic we talk about a lot because it's very important. Here's expert Chris Kramer. In terms of value, you really have the, the notion of market value, which is this concept of a willing buyer and a willing seller, which is really driven by what the tax code dictates. Now, when you have a minority interest, you'll typically be able to apply discounts because if you don't control the company, you can't generally sell the interest very readily. There's not usually a market for the stock. You can't control the future outlook, etc. On the other hand, when we're looking at selling a company, we try to look at what would be referred to as a strategic value. What is your best buyer willing to pay for the assets that you have? And oftentimes that can be significantly more than what Bill Black or Chris Kramer would pay for XYZ widget manufacturer where we don't have any anything to gain by the acquisition other than you know just cash flows, let's say. What's the first step in planning? Here's attorney and planner T. Philip Bacchus. The first thing for everybody, whatever you're doing, is you need to get started. The plan isn't worth the paper it's written on unless you take steps to move toward your goals and take those action steps that you had in there. The reality is that earlier you get started on most of these things, the more options you have, the more likely you are to be able to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And the second part is your plan has to be flexible and you have to review it to make sure over time it is still performing the way you want it to because things change, you know, whether it's laws, taxes, economic environment, your goals, your personal situation, it's going to change. So we have to review it and make whatever tweaks are necessary along the way to keep you going along that path or making a turn if your goals have changed to your new path. So we are going the direction that you want to go at that time. 
Why does it seem like business owner peer groups seem so popular today, and what's the benefit of joining one? We asked expert Dr. Frumi Rachel Barr. It's lonely at the top. In fact, I thought it was so lonely at the top that I was going to write a book about how to create strategies to conquer loneliness at the top. So I interviewed 40 CEOs around the world, and I asked them if they were lonely. And you know what half of them said? They weren't lonely because they were in peer groups. But the other half were. What I actually wrote about were all the challenges I heard, because I asked those same CEOs what they struggle with, what keeps them up at night, which I distilled into 10 chapters. So the idea that underlines everything is knowing your why. When you know your why, no matter what you're dealing with, you can solve by thinking of what your purpose is, because that's the fuel, that's the fire in your belly. It's a well-known fact that most businesses that business brokers take a look at don't sell, and we wanted to find out why. So we approached expert business broker George Hicks to ask him, why don't most businesses sell? I, I keep pretty good statistics on this, and I'll, I'll sit down and meet with 10 sellers that indicate they want information on selling their company. Uh, I'll sign two of them. You know, it's a pretty significant statistic, and those other eight, there's a lot of things going on there. They're either not saleable, probably the number one uh, uh -huh. issue when I don't sign someone is they've got a company that'll sell for two million bucks uh, on, on the open market and they need four to retire. What do you think the outcome would have been if those eight said, George, in two years, I want you to sell the business. What percentage do you think you could have converted at that point? Well, it would be near a hundred. 